Percy, what say you about fate or destiny that may have negative aspects associated with one's life's journey? Wayne, I'm simply reminded of the life of Christ. When we talk about his life and his story, his, you know, his ministry, uh, he was the perfect man who was without sin and yet suffered a horrible death that was preordained before the foundations of the world as his ultimate fate. Perhaps we should further discuss this difficult concept with today's conversation. And we will. We'll meet a man who has endured great trials with his cancer journey, only to feel that cancer facilitated a new purpose in his life. Mm. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute designated Comprehensive Cancer Center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Thanks for listening and joining us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae. Percy is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. And he's one of our favorite people around here as too. Mm. All that to boot, Percy. <laughs> well, you're gracious and kind, and I thank you again. It's good to hear you, see you, and be with the listening audience today. I'm excited about today's show. Indeed. If you are listening maybe for the first time, I would urge you to come back and maybe even hit the subscribe button yeah. so that you get these episodes uh, downloaded automatically or at least notified that they're available to you. Mm-hmm. So check that out at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can listen to us there. You can subscribe there. And you can also listen and subscribe on many podcast platforms. Just search for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. All right, we're going to meet a man today, Percy, who says cancer repurposed his life. Uh, I think we've got much to learn from this guy. Absolutely. And he's going to give us a compelling story. He's been with us before on the show. Uh, and so we're going to hear again from him, you know, as he talks to us about his journey uh, with a pretty extensive battle of uh, colorectal cancer. You know, he was a father uh, with children and his wife and uh, retired from the military, the Air Force. But he's going to talk about how he says he believes that cancer chose him. And uh, and what does that mean? And, and why does he think that? And so, uh, we're going to unpack that whole dialogue today. It's going to be very compelling. You bring such interesting people to uh, us here on the podcast. We look forward to hearing from Brian once again. Brian Bowers will join us here today in just a moment. But I do want you to open the scriptures with us, Percy. Yes, our spiritual nugget is found in First Peter, the first chapter, verse 6. And I may read a couple other verses along with this, but it reads as follows. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Verse 7, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ Jesus is revealed. And we're going to actually hear uh, the testimony of one who's going to express this sentiment and this school of thought as he has had to go through some very negative, challenging scenarios with his cancer. And at the time of the recording, he was still uh, in the midst of treatment while still being the men's pastor at his local church. Right. Okay. We'll get to that conversation in a moment here as you continue listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, we are excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide are teaming up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the HHI community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day. Rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. 
Quiet your mind. Relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, text the letters HHI to 22433. We believe you'll be blessed and encouraged. Well, let's meet our guest today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Here's Percy. Hey, 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 this is Pastor P. I'm back with another compelling conversation. And as promised, uh, we've spoken to this gentleman before, and he has blessed me. And I'm sure if you heard uh, his first segment, you got blessed as well. His name is Brian Bowers, uh, diagnosed in 2017 with stage four colorectal cancer, uh, has had surgery, chemotherapy, radiation. And we talked about all of that in his last segment. But as we were closing, uh, he says something very profound that I thought we needed to just do a segment around, and that is for many people who are listening, uh, most of you probably have cancer. Most of you may be in the midst of the journey of cancer or just getting started. And he introduced the school of thought, you know, being a retired military person out of the Air Force. Uh, he's now the men's pastor at his local church, uh, The Gathering in Sunrise, Arizona. And he believes that cancer chose him. And I want to talk about that. This is his story. This is his journey. And as we promise you on this show, we bring organic conversations. So let's bring Brian back. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much for coming back and spending a little bit more time with us at Hell Hope and Inspiration. Yeah, thank you so much, Reverend Percy. It's good to be here. Well, as I stated in the intro, okay, the big the big elephant in the living room, I'm sure that there may have been someone that was listening who may have just gotten diagnosed or may be in the midst of a diagnosis. And I'm going to tell you why I say this, mm-hmm. Brian. I try to do a lot of research uh, and see what is topical and trending around cancer conversations on, on social media uh, because I want to hear what people are saying and thinking. This mm-hmm. is a platform where we're here to be very uh, open, honest, and transparent. And I found, a, I guess it was a blog where there was a lot of really angry people who had cancer. They were mad at God. Uh, they were mad at, at people who would try to encourage them. And, you know, why mm. would a loving God do this to me? And I'm a young mother. Mm. And and let me say this. If there is someone right now that is listening to this that you feel that way, stay tuned. You are welcome to be in this conversation uh, because cancer uh, creates a lot of mental, emotional dynamics inside of people that there may be certain things that you are feeling and thinking today, but then somewhere else along the lines that you may come to a different place or a different assessment of your situation. And so the situation is fluid, and we understand that. And uh, I'm not the church police. I'm not judging anyone here. We are here to encourage and help you. But I want you to listen because, uh, Brian, you made the statement that, you know, cancer chose you and it gave you uh, a renewed sense of purpose after uh, retiring out of the military and in the Air Force and, and being kind of a squad leader and all of those great military things, great leadership training. And, you know, Air Force people are very uh, highly trained. I know several people who are, are lifers in the Air Force and they tell me all of the great stuff that they learn and experience. But then your life got turned upside down and switched around and you were told that you had cancer. And then you turn around and say, well, cancer chose you. Unpack that. What do you mean by that? And let's let, let's really get into this. Yeah. OK, this is uh, I hope I don't get too heady in this, but it kind of comes down to like, you know, I think us as human beings, just in the nature of what humanity looks like, we're always trying to find blame. Yeah. 
and yeah. uh, and who, who's to blame yep. for what happened to me? Oh man, particularly in the day and age and the culture that we're in right now. My goodness yes. gracious! Yes, right, yeah. And you know, if if it was in my genes, I could say, oh, I could I could blame it on my hereditary, right? Mm-hmm. If it was uh, chemical exposure, or something, okay, I could blame it on on the fires in Iraq or something. I wasn't exposed to that stuff, right? Right. Um, oh, and some of us, I think, have a hard time blaming God mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause we run out of all the other options. And if we have any sense that there there's a creator in the universe, you know, then it must be his doing. Wow. Right. Wow. And, and so I, I think it comes down to having to wrestle. If we've never had to wrestle with where are the origins of good and evil? Um, that's, th- that's where I think it happens. And I think cancer is just a form of evil existing in the world. Okay. And, and I have this, um, my, my belief in God is that he's sovereign. And I know that's like a big theology where that's not common, <laughs> but you know, my, my mentor kind of unpacked that in a very simple way and just said to him, he's like that, that means that nothing is out of God's control, Okay. which, which is a understanding of God that doesn't say that God's in control of everything mm. or that, or that God doesn't control anything. Mm. Right. Okay. So I think unpacked in that in a very simplistic form is that um, I, I personally believe that sometimes God allows certain things to happen okay. that, are, that are evil or bad to us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because he knows the positive results on the backside mm. of, of how we come out of that, mm. you know, and a lot of the New Testament really unpacks that there's a lot of dialogue about trials and tribulations and that we're going to go through those as believers. It's, it's absolutely and, true. And theologically, you know, yes. uh, let me say, and I've got your back here. Okay. Let me just go ahead and put that out there. And, and there may be those that may take, uh, be indifferent to that, but you're right. First and foremost, yes. the new Testament is replete with, with scriptures and conversations, particularly around suffering. Let's start there for the, right off the yes. top of the list. And in, in, in that same grouping is trials and tribulations, because what can happen and what does happen in most cases with trials, tribulations, difficulties, is an element of mental, emotional, physical suffering that takes place that one yes. has to endure. And I'm reminded of the scripture, and you you probably was going to go there, and so if I preempted you, I'm sorry, is that, you know, there's a scripture that tells us about uh, the disciples asking Jesus about a man that was born blind from birth. And the question yes. that they asked him uh, was, yes. who sinned? Did his mother sin? Did his father sin? Because to your opening point, and particularly given the culture that we're in today, and we don't mm-hmm. want to have a culture conversation. That's not what we do on this platform. I'll let other content yeah. people kind of drag people through the mud and cancel people and do all of that sort of yes. stuff. That's not what yeah. we're doing here at all, Absolutely. is that... Uh, that we are in a generation that something or someone has to be to blame for anything negative or bad that happens to us so that we can direct our vitriol, our anger, and more importantly, uh, a, a response to, you know, we're, we got to get even with you. you we, we, we've mm. got to make you pay for what you've done. And again, when we think about the response of Jesus in that in that text, he said, no, no one sinned in this particular case. He said that this mm. was allowed to happen so that the works of God could be displayed in his life. Mm. And when we and that's exactly what I just heard you say, because there is purpose, because that was the other thing that you said when you closed your first segment. And if you didn't hear the first conversation with Brian, you've got to go back and listen to that conversation. It was it was just great is the fact that in the midst of you being able to psychologically and emotionally channel through cancer chose you, you didn't choose it. 
it created a renewed sense of purpose in your life. Talk about it, my friend. Yeah, I I just feel like God has pulled me out of um, lacking any purpose in the sense that I was suffering so badly in a recliner. And so when he asked me to be able to invest in, in men through my pastoral leadership, uh, I just feel like God has renewed uh, uh, that he has a mission for me to do something that is bigger than myself. Yeah. You hear people say that all the time, that that people crave to be involved in something bigger than, the, than but do they? But do they really? Would they really volunteer in, in many cases? Right. And I would say most yes. people would not. I really would. No. I know. So I, 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 like you, I wrestle with like, okay, do people really think this way? But, um, I do, I have for a lot of years always. And I think even, you know, just my upbringing in the military has taught me a lot of that. Right. Cause yeah. it's, it's about the sum of everybody. It's yeah. the team, not, not me as the individual. Right. And, uh, and actually I was thinking, I glad you brought up that passage. I was thinking of a different one because when I first got, got diagnosed, God reminded me of a, a passage in first Peter that um, that talks about trials and t- tribulations, but in a very encouraging way. Sure. And I I cling to this in my first years, and still today, when when I'm uh, having a conversation with a new, newly diagnosed person or somebody that's really struggling, I lost a, a good friend at church yeah. uh, last year. Charlie yeah. was an amazing, godly man, um, and uh, just wanted to survive to take care of his kids sure. and his family. I learned so much by. By watching him be driven by the purpose to be still uh, a father figure. You know, mm. my kids are are, are are older and have moved out. So I wasn't <laughs> feeling the same dynamic that he was. Although now I'm like, okay, now I get to see the grandkids, you know. <laughs> uh, but but let me jump into um it was it's in First Peter one, Please. which is yeah. is written written by Peter. And I'm gonna unpack just a few verses. So it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. Mm. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead Mm. and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you Mm. who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you greatly rejoice. Now here comes the comma, right? Okay. Though, Though for now... A little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Mm. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith the salvation of your souls. And so this really did a lot to encourage me that, yeah, I'm going to have to suffer in life. And it's, it's not that uh, God wants me to suffer, you know, but he is allowing it. And I think as a result of that, my faith is being refined. Like it talks about as gold is, you know, because when they, when they uh, try to purify gold, it's mixed with other metals and you're, you're trying to get that dross that, Mm -hmm. that comes off and make that gold pure. And so I think there's been a lot of spiritual healing in my life where God is improving my faith and my capacity to minister to other men and women in my community. It, 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 it is beautiful. It is, it's poetic. And, mm-hmm. and yet it is so, uh, and again, biblically grounded. Uh, and, and I'll just, this is not about me at all, 
But again, yeah. I remember when I was diagnosed, and I remember everybody was like, Reverend McCray, that, this you can't feel like that. That's fair. You've been you've been supporting cancer patients for twenty years, and here you are diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> right. You know that 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 that's yeah. got to make you feel a certain kind of way. And I was like, it does make me feel a certain kind of way. I feel yeah. privileged. I feel chosen. I feel honored yeah. that that uh, that at the end of the day, he he counted me worthy uh, to not only stand among them, but to be a part of them. In, in, in being able to exercise, knowing what that feels like. And all it did was enhance and enumerate, again, my purpose. You know, not that I was ever unclear about it, ever. But it did mm-hmm. solidify it in a, in a much more crystallized manner that, yeah, it's, it's my turn. Uh, you know, I, I'm now, I'm, I, this has been allowed to happen so that I can be among them and be a part of them. And I'm not just talking to them, but I am now, you know, talking from them at this point. Yeah, and and there, it's a profound, profound found thing and again let me say as a as a disclaimer there may very well be someone that is still in the very angry stages right now yeah, absolutely and yeah. and both I'm sure Brian and when when we're done I'm going to let you kind of whisper a word of prayer uh, over those folks who may not be there right now they don't see it they don't right. feel it they, they, it's hard for them to comprehend it and I think mm-hmm. that you really uh because of you know you you've stated some of the really highs and lows of your treatment plan. You know, you didn't just skip through the tulips and whistle Dixie. You you know, you no. had you had some pretty extensive medical challenges and you're still working through a uh, medical treatment even as we speak that hopefully Absolutely. can encourage someone to to have their faith renewed, to have their hope uh grounded in the fact that that God has something else in store for them even though they may not see that or understand that. And so w- before we get to that you know, what What would be the one thing, Brian, that you think uh, every cancer patient should consider to know or understand when they're told that they have cancer? One big takeaway. Yeah, uh, well, I would, I would share that you need to have really good communication, especially with your spouse. Okay, okay about what is going on internally. And I'm probably speaking more to guys than girls in the sense okay. that, you know, we, we have a hard time. Yeah. Right? You're a guy. Um, you can, bodily. you're a yeah. guy. You can speak to the guys, talk to them. Absolutely. Some, sometimes we are, if we're internal processors, we, we don't communicate everything that's going on mm. and we leave them in the dark. Yeah, it's true. And, um, and I think I shared in the first um, episode that we did about wanting to be the example of resiliency in the military. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Alicia and I had some challenging last years with our teenagers and we had, she had written a pretty lengthy document about some things that she was pretty unsatisfied about in our life and our marriage Okay, and felt in many ways, the military had gotten away of some things and I had neglected Mm -hmm. her well, her well-being. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, so I thought marriage was great. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, I could, I could, I could sense a few things along the way. Um, that that there was a, something amiss. Yeah, we're um, typically she, the last to know. I tell my wife that all the yes. time. We're typically the yes. last to know. You're right. Yes, and uh, and so she didn't know how to unpack it because she had been kind of bottling it up. Well, when I got diagnosed, I also found that letter in our case. Okay. She and she after we got diagnosed, she had planned to never show it to me. Wow. Um, and I think it's because uh, obviously my diagnosis was very grim for mm. that first year. Yeah. And, and I think to some degree, she was like, these things aren't important anymore in the midst of just my husband living. Bless her heart. And, um, 
And so I didn't know the full extent of everything she was going through Mm -hmm. internally. Mm -hmm. And so I think I unilaterally made a decision to, to pursue that resiliency example in the military at the expense of knowing what she wanted. Okay. And, and we've had some great conversations since then. Yeah. And she wishes I would have prioritized her. Now I've been alive for five years. So it's, you know, it's still working out in the sense that we have a lot of time to, to still work on these things together, which has been, uh, uh, I'm grateful for that because I I would have, I'm glad I didn't leave earth with some of these things undone. You know what I mean? Sure. And to leave her, leave her with that. So, um, but I wish I would have had a better dialogue with her to understand she was more interested in like maybe probably for her, she would have wished I just would have left the military at that point and focused on our family and spending time together in the sense that she might've lost me in a year. Two and, things, uh, two things I'm yeah, going to say to that. Yeah, yeah. Two things I'm going to say to that. And it's, it's profound. And I want to say, first of all, thank you mm-hmm. for stepping up on behalf of men yeah. everywhere. I think that to your point, not certainly not all men, but many men fall into that category. Uh, I've, I've known of at least two individuals. Uh, one was a pastor and uh, another gentleman uh, who uh, was a high-ranking executive. And okay. uh, the pastor uh, uh, had cancer, and his wife was with him at the facility uh, while I was still the director of pastoral care uh, at CTCA uh, Chicago. And uh, his wife called me, uh, asked to have a meeting with me, with with her husband. And he did not know that he, she called this meeting. And we, we got we met each other, that we introduced ourselves. Uh, wonderful people. He's been a pastor for 20 plus years. And one of the things she said, Reverend McCray, uh, I want you to tell my pastor, uh, who is my husband, that uh, I want him. Uh, no, I'm sorry. She was the patient. She said, I want you to tell him that I want him to make me his priority, not Uh, the church, uh, not the ministry. Uh, When we're here uh, at the hospital, I don't want him answering his phone or pages. uh, Uh, And and he was he was dumbfounded. He was dumbfounded and he wept and he and he apologized. He said, Reverend McCray had no idea going back to the earlier point that she felt that way. She said that the church and the ministry and people always come first. And I felt like that I've always been put in the back burner. And uh, she said, I just want him to make me make me his priority. Uh, I need to be number one right now in his life. And the point that I want to make here is and we've talked about this, that cancer can reveal and expose what's going on in relationships, good, bad, or indifferent. I've Absolutely. Seen, I've seen marriages pulled apart. I've seen people, both husbands and wives, walk away from long-term relationships because they could not handle the dynamics that all came as a result of the burden of either being a patient or being a caregiver. And so uh, I really appreciate you you just highlighting and sharing that because it's important. Uh, and, and again... Then I know of another, uh, a couple of uh, in men whose wives told me that cancer was probably one of the best things that ever happened to their relationship. Right. Be- and because it made their husbands more uh, in tune with their feelings, in tune with their emotions, and in tune in their relationship uh, because yeah. they were just kind of out chopping the wood, going to work every day, bringing home the bacon, et cetera, et cetera. And so yeah. uh, I think that you bring up an unbelievable point that needs to be reiterated many times mm-hmm. over from different people. So thank you for sharing. That. Yes. Well, Reverend Mer- Percy, I'd like to add, too, that those people who have commented about, like, you said the wives who have said uh, cancer has been one of the best things that happened to our relationship. Yep. 
What I want to clarify for people to understand uh, in my, this is my experience. And I think a lot of people have resonated with me when I've, cause I've done some devotionals on this before uh, with my men. And that is that, um, you know, like a lot of us are seeking God's will. Tell me what to do next. Mm-hmm. What choices do I make? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, because he's asked us to follow him in faith, those don't seem very clear to us. And I say at other times they do, but yeah. um, I would say nine tens out of 10, we see God's involvement in our life clearer in the rear view mirror mm. than we do through the windshield. Mm. 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 Wow. You know, and, and so sometimes that faith journey doesn't reveal the fulfillment of it until we get that perspective. Um, and, and I just want to encourage people to cling on to those because God has proven himself faithful in our lives yeah. in those rear view mirror yeah. perspectives. Yeah. To recognize that even if I don't see him through my windshield right now, right, right, uh, right. he's in due time, he's going to reveal himself and I'm going to faithfully follow what I think he's telling me to do. And uh, he'll either course correct me, right? right. Or, or, he, or he will confirm that I'm heading in the right direction. Yeah. Wow, man, I could talk to you all day, Brian. You're my new friend. You are my new friend. And, and I'm going to say this. Great with talking to you, yeah, man. And you're my new hero, man, because uh, I, I, I've been doing this a while. And I, and I understand the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual hurdles that, that you go through in, in walking mm-hmm. this path. And um, I respect you highly, man. I thank God for your journey. And I mm-hmm. think that you have there's so much more in you. And so I'm mm. going to say what I typically say a lot, and I'm going to say it again here, and I'm really going to mean it. Uh, the best is still yet to come for you, my friend, in terms <laughs> of the depth and I think the quality of your, obviously, your relationship and then yeah. your and your ministry and what God is going to allow your experience to uh, give you platform to be able to say, because here's what I know, and, and I don't think any one of us signed up for this, but when you tell people that you are a cancer patient, you get their immediate attention. They listen to what you have to say because you are right. (laughs) Soon as you say I am a cancer patient or I am a cancer survivor, uh, you have people's undivided attention. You become E.F. Hutton at that moment. And so it's a matter of now. Next, what do I say with that 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 preamble as that That platform that was given to me? That's exactly correct. And so I tie it all back to the opening of the fact that. Uh, you know, you didn't sign up for cancer. Cancer signed you up and there was a greater yeah. and bigger purpose. And today I salute you, my friend. I encourage you. Thank you. And I stand in agreement with you that as you continue to move forward again, that the best is yet to come today, folks. Awesome. You have heard from uh, my friend, my new friend. I was introduced to him by by another friend, but now he's my friend. Uh, Brian Bowers, uh, treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, uh, was diagnosed in 2017, sought a second opinion, uh, and began treating uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And is by his estimation, he is doing well. He is still in the midst of active treatment. And he is moving forward. He's the men's pastor at his local church, The Gathering in uh, uh, Surprise, Arizona. Uh, and uh, he's got a lot to say, and the Lord is is working in his life. And I thank God that he spent a little time with us today. Uh, Brian, I love you, my friend. Let's stay in touch, and uh, let's love maybe circle too, back, okay? Okay, sounds great. All right. God bless. God bless. Thank you to both Percy and Brian for that excellent conversation today. I'm going to talk with Percy about the takeaway in just a moment. 
If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix, they take an integrative approach to cancer care because they use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more from Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and, of course, spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Our guest today, Brian Bowers, has been with us before on the podcast, and it was very helpful to hear a second conversation, a follow-up conversation, Percy. But mm-hmm. what's the takeaway for you personally? Well, interestingly enough, when we finished the first show that we did, uh, which has aired several weeks ago now, just as we were closing, he threw out a statement that captured my attention, and that was that cancer, he didn't choose cancer, cancer chose him. And I was not exactly sure what that meant. And so uh, I said, let's just do another segment talking about that dynamic from your perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there will be people that will hear this and will maybe scratch their head and, and not really be able to kind of comprehend it. But from his perspective, his whole thought was at the end of the day that uh, particularly in the generation that we live in, people are always looking for something or someone to blame. And so he said he just chose not to, to go down that route. He said that at the end of the day, he felt like that, you know, he believes that God allows certain things to happen uh, because God knows, you know, the positive results on the backside. And that's the reason why I made reference to the life and journey of Christ. You know, Christ's de- destiny, his fate was the cross. Yeah. You know, think about that for a second. He was the Bible very clear says about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. He came in the earth's atmosphere for one single purpose that was to die for the sins of all mankind for those that, uh, you know, adhere to that Christian tenet of faith. And so uh, having said that, you know, he believes that cancer was basically more or less allowed to take place in his life because it helped to repurpose his life. He was a retired uh, Air Force, you know, personnel person. And he said that, you know, the military was his life. And on some level, uh, he learned uh, as a result of his journey that, uh, from his wife that the military may have actually preempted some dynamics between uh, his relationship with his wife. And she expressed that to him. Uh, I think she wrote him a letter or something. He said that he wanted to address, you know, reconnecting with his wife, but he really found a renewed sense of purpose through his cancer at his local church as now the men's uh, ministry leader or pastor while he is still undergoing active treatment for his cancer. So he flipped it around and said at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, things happen. And, you know, he said he craved to be involved in something larger than himself and that God pulled him out of lacking any purpose after getting out of the military. And he's thankful for this experience, quite frankly. Isn't that re- remarkable that he has that attitude? <laughs> you know, it's it was what. I guess the, there's not much that shocks me anymore, particularly, you know, now that I'm on, you know, and have been on the cancer path myself. Yeah, and you're hanging out with these people of faith. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
But I find it uh, just continually exhilarating is the word that I'm looking for. Good one. That because of faith and because of an abiding faith in a higher power in God, that people, when they are challenged with negative circumstances, Wayne, they're able to refocus and realign and not allow the challenge to be the focus, mm-hmm. but allow the challenge to be a uh, a proliferation that drives them into a different focus, a different purpose, if you will. And I think that that is an amazing thing. And that happens a lot with cancer patients, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, I found it interesting that uh, he came to Cancer Treatment Centers of America to get a second opinion. We find that to be true often. Well, it's interesting. A lot of our interviews and certainly of late, I would say over the last month or so, almost every conversation that I've had has been with someone who had a second or third opinion, you know, and they found Cancer Treatment Centers of America through one avenue or another. Some people said they saw a commercial on TV. They heard something on the radio. Uh, they knew a friend at the local their local church that recommended coming here. But again, advocating, which is the point that I want to make, is being courageous enough that for whatever reason, if you're not comfortable with your 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 current healthcare situation, whether it be maybe you and your doc are not aligned, you don't feel empowered, your team, uh, the environment, whatever that reason is, that you have a right to seek out a second or even a third opinion and that you should exercise that right. And that was the case for him. And he found himself at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And for, for he, he said it made all of the world of difference in terms of just kind of how he felt about his care and what's going on with him, even though he is continuing with active treatment at this moment in time. Yeah. Again, Brian Bowers, our guest today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. You know, the beauty of the podcast is that we can go back anytime and re-listen to anything that you hear. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'd, I'd like just remind listeners that when you hear something that you'd like to go back and maybe you know, listen a little more carefully. Maybe you were doing something else while you were listening and didn't catch it all and you want to go back. It's an easy thing to do with a podcast. Actually, you can go back in time. Uh, where else in life can you go back in time and, and start over, so to speak, right? And listen to archived episodes of this program. And each and every guest that you bring to us and the conversations that we have, Percy, are always so helpful. Well, you're absolutely correct. And again, being able to kind of access information when you need it, how you need it, where you need it. I know for me, you know, I live a pretty multi uh, uh, busy day with all sorts of things that I have to juggle. So there's times I've got to start and stop something and go back and pick up. And so the so to your point of the ability to kind of take any of these episodes and play them to their entirety or listen to just portions of them or to re-listen to them at another point in time is all available through you, to you through this platform. And so please exercise the ability to do so uh, at your leisure as you should decide to say, hey, today I think I need a boost or a shot of health, hope, and inspiration. Go pull, pull one of the shows up and listen to it. <laughs> and let me also invite our listeners to submit questions. Uh, we recently, uh, yeah. uh, some episodes ago, asked listeners to send us your questions instead of answering the question that we pose to you. So if you've been thinking and mulling over a question you'd like to ask Percy, uh, mm-hmm. Percy, there are certain guidelines. We, we can't take medical questions, of course. Yep. Yeah, we, we, we're not going to try to answer any medical conversations or questions for obvious reasons. I'm not a medical doctor. And as you say, Wayne, we don't play one on TV or on the radio for <laughs> no, that matter. No. <laughs> uh, but we will uh, feel any questions that's relative to your mental, emotional, uh, 
physical or spiritual state of being or experience as a cancer patient or a caregiver. Yes, uh, reach out to us and we'll attempt to read them. And at some point later on down the line, we'll even uh, attempt to read some of those answers Good. on the show. Good. Yeah. All right. How do you do that? Well, you go to the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on connect to uh, pose your question to us. And and I failed to mention this so far. Cancer Fighting Recipes is our resource, our featured mm. resource. Lots of resources at the website, but we like to focus and feature one each week. This week, it's Cancer Fighting Recipes. Yeah, at the point and at the time of this recording, there will probably be well over 60 free downloadable digital resources, all created for the listening audience, all designed to try to answer, react, or respond to thoughts, concepts, or topics that will be relevant uh, to anyone in the cancer space. And so please go to healthhopeandinspiration.com, look for the resource tab, mm -hmm. and you can download any resources. And so the resource uh, that we're making available uh, to you uh, at this point is Cancer Fighting Recipes. Again, recipes of things that you can do from a food perspective that may help you with uh, your fight with cancer. We are not suggesting that uh, there are recipes that will cure cancer, but certainly that may help you along the way in eating healthy and being healthy, cancer fighting recipes available to you free. And anyone that you know, please send that resource to them. We encourage you to do that. Great help. Thank you, Percy, for doing that. Now, each program, we like to open with Scripture, and we like to close with the same Scripture because we have a better understanding, I think, of uh, how it applies to what we've talked about. Yep. So we're making a sandwich here. So we're going to start with a piece of bread. We're going to close with a piece of bread. And then the story is in between. So we have with such that, a way with words. <laughs> so this is the Pastor P sandwich for today. So okay. we're going to finish this way and close out. And it says this, uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 6 uh, through uh, 8 says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And that certainly was the case uh, for Brian with regard to his health care journey. He has had to go through a lot of treatment, a lot of surgery, a lot of highs and lows. And yet he finds himself rejoicing in God. And so verse seven says, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And I want to encourage everyone, uh, just as Brian, uh, he has made the decision not to say who's to blame and who's at fault, but to take his situation and say, okay, what am I to learn from this and how can I propel this to move me into a direction of purpose that God can use me for, that he can be glorified in, and I can help other people. And so be encouraged today as you hear this verse of scripture and as you hear Brian's story, that there's good things that can come out of bad scenarios and situations and that God can be glorified at the end. Be thou encouraged on this day. And that is our final thought today on this edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration, except Percy always has one more thing he wants to wants me to remember and all of us to remember. Well, while we are working on the purposes of God, remember, we have work to do, folks, so let's keep chopping the wood. Until next time, I'll see you again. That's it for Health, Hope, and Inspiration.
Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.